Hey, welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. It's back to normal, I guess. Things are warming up. You know, we're so sensitive to the cold here in Texas, but for good reason. If you're not in central Texas, other parts of our state, when there is ice on the ground, it can be extremely dangerous. So uh, anyway, this show is not about the weather. We talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And Happy New Year. I, I think this might be the first show that I've hosted since the new year. I could be wrong. I'll check later. If I'm uh, if I'm not correct, uh, took a week off right after the end of the year. And then also was settling in and traveling a little bit when I got back into town. So I think we had other members of our team that were hosting this weekly show. But we've been running for, I don't know, we're almost to six years, hundreds of episodes. If you're watching on Facebook, as a matter of fact, I'm going to pull up my Facebook feed. Uh, if you will share this, like it, get it into some groups or whatever, let's expand the audience so we can get more people involved because we've got a great guest today and, and I want to we're going to spend most of our time talking with Chloe Cole a detransitioner as she calls herself other people refer to her I'll get into more detail about that in just a minute but as I finish my setup I want to make sure people know if you want to listen to this show it's also podcasted it's on a radio station here in central Texas Obviously, we're doing this on Facebook if you're watching. You may be watching this on YouTube. If you are, click that little button, the bell, subscribe. Let's get more people involved in the conversation. But on podcast, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, there's a whole list of them. So wherever you are across the world, you can access us. You can access uh, previous episodes. We do a taping once a week. Now, there are some special segments that we do, like tomorrow for the March for Life, we're going to have a special segment of the Texas Values Report. But consistently, we do it every week. And typically on Facebook, it's live about this time every week on Thursday. Just so just some new year kind of, you know, programming notes for you to be aware of. And usually we'll have a guest talking about different issues, sometimes a member of our team, but it usually relates to some of our work and something that's happened currently and that is no different today. We got a great guest today. Chloe Cole, as I mentioned, has been involved in work across the country, but certainly in Texas, bringing a lot of great information, awareness, and truth to the issues that surround gender ideology, more specifically efforts by some people to engage in experimentation, medical treatments, you name it, uh, pushing kids or being involved in kids going through sex change procedures, puberty blockers, all these things that we've talked about that can be very dangerous and harmful. And a big reason why she talks about it is because she went through this process almost completely to some point and realized this is not a good idea. This isn't good for me. And it's probably <clears throat> not a good idea for other kids as well. But in addition to that, we filed a brief with the Texas Supreme Court just this morning. Our legal team has filed a friend of the court legal brief showing our support for Senate Bill 14, which is in front of the Texas Supreme Court. It's been successful as far as it being uh, allowed to continue to be followed and respected in the law. But that bill was passed last session. Of course, some folks on the other side challenged it. They lost those challenges. So they're trying to find any way to keep the case alive. And we're showing the Texas Supreme Court our support. You can go online, check uh, social media and so on 
to find out about our brief and what we're saying about it. But let me welcome Chloe in because I want you to hear her talk more than I do because she's so knowledgeable about this issue. It's been something personal that she's had to deal with. And there's very few people that have the level of credibility that she has in her voice and message has been very strong. Chloe, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's good to see you again virtually. I know you were at one of our events in the fall last year. It was great to see you in person. We've crossed paths a few times. And before we came on, I was kind of talking with you in the setup and our prep that I think it's been maybe close to a year that we've known you or at least known of you. And I do think last year, 2023, was an incredibly important year for this issue. I think people's awareness of you, your story, your work really went through the roof. Texas passed a law to protect kids from these dangerous uh, procedures and puberty blockers and all these things that relate to kids that are being encouraged or suggested to change their sex or uh, different parts of their bodies. And, and so, and look, it was a legislative year for us last year. A lot of states had a legislative year, but I think the number of states that have protection laws like Senate Bill 14 in Texas uh, close to double, right? And so it was, you know, even though this is a serious concerning issue, you know, sort of a banner year, if not, you could state it that way for getting awareness and, and really getting protection for kids. Um, so I'm glad that you're, you've got some time as we start a new year because the work's still in front of us. Um, what's it been like for you to have gone through last year and, and to really have a lot more people be aware of the issue, but also to, to be able to see you're making a difference? I mean, it's just been incredible. I mean, when I first detransitioned, it was an incredibly tough time in my life. I didn't know if I was ever going to make my way out of it, if I was ever going to look like a woman, sound like a woman, and what my life would look like from then. But it's just been incredible being able to use my voice, my experience, and what my family went through to help other families who have been through the very same thing and prevent what happens to me and what's happening from thousands of other kids right now from happening ever again. Well, and look, you you can imagine the other side is probably ramping up their efforts, unfortunately, right? They see people like you and others, they see laws getting passed. And so, you know, they get desperate or whatever the case may be. And so we know there are a lot of people don't even that don't know who you are, they don't know who these issues are. And so um, they're going to be attacked or preyed upon, or they might find themselves in the middle of these issues, not really being aware of what to do or what's going on. And so even more reason for us to continue to engage in these efforts and make more people aware. I know you've posted Absolutely. some stuff on social media recently, sort of, you know, backtrack, not backtracking, sort of reminiscing or looking back on some things that you were doing during that time when you were transitioning before you realized, hey, this isn't a good idea. Uh, and I thought that was very insightful too, right? I mean, it's, you know, look, I, I've continued to admire how public you've been about some of these things and truthful because it's pretty recent. It's not been that long. And it's been a part of your life and very courageous on your part. Um, but I think it's it's provided so much value to people to to have that connection, understand you're a real person. You've had to go through these things. And so just in case there are people out there that have not heard a little bit about your story, tell us a little bit about that story when you started some of the early steps to, to transition and then at some point said, this is not a good idea. Yes. So I was a transgender. What? many of these activists call a transgender kid. I was going through the process of both 
socially and medically transitioning while I was still a minor. And they also stopped those procedures while I was still a kid. Um, socially, it started at 12 when I started referring to myself by a boy name, um, cutting my hair shorter, changing the way that I dress and wearing more boys clothing and trying to like match the mannerisms of say like my older brother or my dad or some of my, my friends at school who are boys. And then at 13 years old, um, I went, I started going under the medical process, which was, um, it started with Lupron, which was like a medication to suppress my puberty. And just like a month or so later, I was put on testosterone to masculinize my body. Um, and at 15 years old, um, the summer right after my sophomore year of high school, actually, I underwent a double mastectomy. And all of this happened before, like, I could legally drive. Mm. So it was incredibly early. It was very fast paced. And it was actually less than a year later when the regret really started to come in. Um, I mean, it really only took a few months. But because I was so deep into the process by then, I was on hormones for a while. Like, my voice was deep. I looked like a boy. Um, and everybody around me knew me as a boy named Leo. I didn't know if I was ever going to if there was ever going to be a back for me, even if I wanted that. And it wasn't until that I realized like I wanted to become a mother, that I wanted to have children of my own and that this process was potentially going to affect that, um, especially because I, I'm not going to be able to breastfeed anymore. I don't have that option. Um, that was when I stopped because it was just, it was very painful for me. Well, look, I can only imagine. I have a daughter who just turned 14 in December, you know, and, and it it's hard for me to not think about that, right? And and I just imagine most people, right, if they have a connection or if they're that age or they know someone or someone in their family is that age, because there are a lot of things that happen during those time periods for kids, different changes they're going through, uh, thoughts in their mind or whatever. And so, you know, I've watched my daughter go through this time period in her life, and I can only imagine what it would be like if you know, she was having some of these thoughts or she was engaged in some of these procedures at such a young age, right? When it's, you know, really hard for kids to understand what's going on and to process it. And then in such a short amount of time for yourself to be like, wait a minute, I want something different for my life, but I've already gone through some of these steps. What can you tell kids that, you know, maybe are during that age and feel like you do too? Maybe feel like, hey, I've gone through some of these steps too. And now what do I do? I mean, you know, how can I really pull myself out? Because my experience in is from what I can see, and I see this issue a lot more than other people do because of the work we do. I don't think there's a whole lot of people out there providing that encouragement and support. As a matter of fact, I think for a while people wanted to say, you don't exist. There's no such thing as a detransitioner, right? I almost kind of deny, almost like it's some type of myth. Um, what allowed you at least at that early point to say wait a minute I think there might be a way out of this and a way forward I mean part of it was the grief that I had from the surgery from being on the hormones for so long and losing out on that part of my life um I felt like I missed out on a lot of development that I was way behind my other girl peers and I wish that I had that experience of just growing up from a teenage girl into a woman and I felt like I didn't I didn't really have any other op other option but to to stop because it was just too painful for me 
But what helped me through it was just having the support of my family, knowing that they, they loved me, that they'd have my back no matter what. And I had the sense of hope that things could get better. Um, that my life wasn't always going to be like this and that I would find a new normal. And I mean, frankly, that's the truth. Like no matter how far you've gone into your transition, and I think this applies to anybody, no, no matter how deep you are in a situation, no matter what you've gotten into or what you've been through, there's always room for development. There's always room to get better. Well, look, and I want people to know our organization and many others are out there to communicate, demonstrate that, and make it clear we're a part of that support network as well. That's why we have people like Chloe and others on our show, because we want people to know there is a way out. There is a way forward. There's a reason to have hope and not despair, because it can be a very difficult process to move out of. And to your point, you talk about grief, regret. Those are hard things for anyone to deal with, let alone a teenager, right? And so it is great to have that support. And so I hope people know that as much as we advocate for specific positions, that doesn't mean we wouldn't be sensitive to someone who's legitimately having struggles and they are looking for a way out. The reasons so for you know so often the reasons we pass laws or we work on court cases and policy and messaging is because we know what the law says and doesn't say can have an impact on whether people decide to do something or not to some degree or another, maybe more or less. We're talking with Chloe Cole, who is what many call, and she references herself as well, a detransitioner at a very early time in her life. She went through the process and different medical procedures and socially of trying to change from a girl to a boy. At one point, it became so difficult. And as she said, uh, there was so much grief and struggle with it and things she noticed she was missing out on as a young lady, and she decided to stop and move in the other direction. One of the other things that makes it hard, I think, Chloe, from we heard in testimony during legislation last year in Texas, is that there are very few medical providers and insurance companies that will cover if you want to detransition, if you will, if you want to go in the opposite direction. Oh, many of them will provide insurance coverage if you want to remove body parts like you did unfortunately, during that time in your life and others. But then if you're like, well, wait a minute, I don't think this this is hurting me or it's not helping me. There's not a lot of support out there. And we heard testimony about that. Do you think some of the work you're doing and others, do you think maybe the, the insurance companies and medical providers, are they paying a little bit more attention to that? Or are they still trying to act like it's not that important? We're trying to put pressure on them right now so that they acknowledge that detransitioners are not being covered. They're not having their cover, their, their care covered by insurance or really being acknowledged at all by our doctors. Um, this is pretty much a universal experience across, I mean, every single detransitioner's experience who I've, I've spoken to where the minute they decide to stop transitioning and they talk about their regret with their providers and wanting to go back. And even just like getting, like addressing like how to go off of hormones, how to uh, treat, any complications from these procedures or from stopping them were completely ignored. A lot of the time they don't, they don't know what to do with us and they're afraid because they've already experimented on us. They don't know how to continue. Yeah, no, I and they also, see they don't want to deal with what they've gotten. Go they've gotten themselves, what they've gotten us into. No, I could imagine there's a lot of, um, 
so trying to think of the right word blame where they blame themselves right the guilt and so on and just feeling like well i put myself in this situation uh and that's the reality though is this not true and it's such a um a difficult thing to struggle with to begin with for a child. And sometimes you have parents that are encouraging it, that are not giving kids the right message or, or sort of playing along with it. Maybe they're being deceived, right? The medical community doctors are sort of downplaying the seriousness of it and, and suggesting to them. I know we heard some of this during testimony. So if people aren't aware, and I know many people are, but just in case, Texas has a state law, Senate Bill 14, the Senate author was Senator Donna Campbell, who is emergency room doctor, and Dr. Tom Oliverson, who is an anesthesiologist uh, from the Houston area. Dr. Campbell is from uh, the Central Texas area. They passed a law and bipartisan support. We had some Democrats that supported it as well, signed into law, Senate Bill 14, that protects kids from puberty blockers, sex change procedures, and so on. Uh, but what we heard through testimony during the legislative process in many ways was eye-opening, but you also heard people sort of, you know, there are only one choice. Well, I'm sorry, there's two choices. Trans, if you're having these struggles, you go through a sex change or some type of transition or you kill yourself. That's it. They're, they're presenting kids with, they're either going to do the, the transition or they're going to commit suicide. And, and I'm like, both of those options, uh, you know, have a lot of problems with them, but uh, number one, they, neither one of them solve the struggles or the problems, as we know from the from people that are honest about it. But what a set of choices for a young person, right? Thankfully, we know those aren't the other choices, but that's what they're hearing a lot, unfortunately. Yes. That's exactly the premise they use with my parents, actually. My mom and dad did not want me to go through these procedures at all. They wanted to just allow me to grow up without any sort of intervention, just maybe like experimenting with the way that I, that I presented myself, but nothing serious or permanent like that. But they told them that it was going to be life or death for me, that it was going to be transition or suicide. And they brought up like the, the high rate of suicide in, within the transgender community to convince my parents that I was going to die without this treatment, even though medically it was not necessary. I was not suicidal at all during this time. But this is the premise that they present to legislators, um, within the community and to the parents and families of these children and young men and women who are struggling with this. And by talking about it in such a way, you are going to create more suicides by telling these people that there is no other choice for you. There is no Look, hope I, for you if you don't do this. No, it, it's devastating and heartbreaking to, to hear. And we heard so much of that, Chloe. We're talking with Chloe Cole. She is a detransitioner, one of the most courageous young ladies you'll see out there. It's hard to talk about these issues publicly. I know I do this work on a day-to-day day -day, day -day basis. People disagree. And then for you to put your life out there on social media, people can be very ugly. I know that. And so these aren't easy issues to talk about, but it's necessary because kids are being bombarded with so many different messages in so many different ways. You've talked to us about this social media. And Chloe's helped us in Texas. She helped with the effort to pass a state law on the issue here to protect kids from it. But that's what a lot of them are hearing, you know, go through this dangerous, risky procedure, almost experimentation, or you're probably gonna kill yourself. And and look, going through teenage years, this, the rate of suicide is already higher, <clears throat> excuse me, than the rest of the population. But what we did hear in testimony from a few people is some psychologists and psychotherapists that said, the real way 
to address this issue and see some good outcomes is counseling, is traditional psychotherapy. It's not changing your body and cutting things off. It's having a conversation with a trained professional, a professional, excuse me, talking about it with your parents or people that care about you and say, and being patient to let the natural body cycle sort of develop. Uh, you and I were talking before we came on, South Carolina had a big vote on this yesterday. I don't know exactly what happened. All I know is at one point, Chloe Cole, excuse me, Chloe Cole, <laughs> I get y'all mixed up sometimes. Riley Gaines jumped into the conversation on social media when the vote did not go the right way to protect kids from this, and then all of a sudden it flipped. I don't know exactly what happened, but it sounded like there was a good outcome. There are legislatures that are still dealing with this. We probably have close to 20 states now that have state laws on this, but there's a lot of work to do. As you look forward to this new year, Chloe, um, where do you see yourself? Are there particular states? or um, And are you feeling at least a little encouraged? Looking back on last year with a lot of good things that happened and momentum, that 2024 is going to possibly be an even more fruitful year to make a difference on these issues. Yeah, I mean, already this year, I've been incredibly busy. And it's it's looking pretty hopeful for this year, um, especially after last year with, as you said earlier, I mean, the states that have put in measures to protect kids have doubled. It's it's over 20 states now. Almost That's almost half of the states here in the U.S. And I think that I'm very hopeful that eventually it'll be all 50 states and then a federal ban on these procedures in children. Well, look, we got a presidential election coming up. I do think this is issue is going to be talked about. We've had seen it come up in some presidential debates. We hope that it continues to be talked about more. And we have people elected that will do the right thing on these issues. Speaking of Texas, though, there's a report out that Texas Children's Hospital is in trouble again. There's a doctor that's come forward that's talked about some issues, uh, I think, a little bit in the past, but some concerns about that. This is a huge hospital that's got a stellar reputation in the state of Texas, and they're facing a lot of heat. We're going to talk about that more in another segment of our show. Chloe, um, how can people find you on social media or different places? What's the best uh, way if, if people want to know more about your work, they want to be encouraged, maybe seeing talks that you've given before? How can people uh, contact you out there on, on the internet or social media? Yes, my main two platforms are X and Instagram. And my username on both of those is C-H-O-O-O-C-O-L-E. But you also should be able to find me by just looking up Chloe Cole. And I also have a YouTube series where I'm doing an interview series of other other detransitioners. Great. Well, we'll look forward to that. We'll link to that. We'll push that out there on our social media channels. But Chloe, I look forward to getting to do some work together with you again this year. Like I was saying earlier, we spent a lot of time you did with our team, and we really appreciate it. We know Texas is an important state for our work, but we also know your ability to be able to travel, sometimes on short notice, is not always easy. And so you've continued to be very responsive, and you've continued to make a huge difference on this issue, and we couldn't do it without you. So Chloe, thank you for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. And thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Well, it's good to see Chloe. You know, it reminds me how we did a lot of great work last year in 2023. But as we start 2024, there's still work to be done. So go to our social media channels, though, as I mentioned. We filed a legal brief, a friend of the court brief, this morning in the Texas Supreme Court, making it clear our support for Senate Bill 14, pushing back against some bad arguments, trying to make it easy, if you will, 
for the Texas Supreme Court and others to see the right way is to continue to allow Senate Bill 14 to be in effect. And it is. Uh, it's been challenged, but it's not been set aside. That is still the law in the state of Texas as of September 1 of last year. And if we continue to be effective in our work and others, and the Texas Supreme Court does the right thing, which I trust they will, we'll continue to see Senate Bill 14 stay in place. And so you can go to our website, txvalues.org. We've got a microsite set up on this issue. You can find out more and check out what Chloe Cole's saying out there on Instagram and X, uh, as it's called now. I'm still not used to it with Twitter. And, and listen to her in her own voice, get into more detail and testimonies. I know there's been some great documentaries that have been out there too. Hey, listen, we got some important dates coming up. There is a runoff election. Early voting starts next week in House District 2. You want to check that out. Um, we do have a separate organization, Texas Values Action, that's got a lot of election-related information. You can check out that website and freevotersguide.com if you want some of that information. But we're going to have some great events coming up this year. You know, I'm looking forward to a great year, 2024. Next week, excuse me, this week is the March for Life. we got a special segment tomorrow with um, a member of the media. I'm going to say her name the wrong way. Maybe somebody can whisper it in my ear. Let me pull up her, her exit crown. Mary Margaret Olihan. She is a senior reporter at Daily Signal. Also, you might get a little update from my son, Johnny Signs, who is on the ground in D.C. right now. He's going to be at the March for Life with his high school from right here in Austin, Texas. I didn't go with him this time. Uh, but I'm excited that he's there. And then in two weeks, the Texas Rally for Life right here in Texas. A lot of things going on the pro-life issue that you want to know and hear about. We're going to set up some new information, a lot of great resources out there. But January is still a great month to donate. If you see value in our work, our work does not stop because we're at the end of December and a new year. It actually starts again and the bills continue to come and the work adds up. And so we're looking to add new people to our team please consider a tax-deductible donation. You can make that donation at txvalues.org. And that's how together we'll protect faith, family, and freedom in Texas. We'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.